Hello, this is Ernest Burley Jr. You're a certified financial planner, your uh, investment advisor representative, your chartered financial consultant, your author of two books on money management, money management from grade school to grad school, <laughs> and money management, easy as one, two, three. All right, so uh, I ask that you flood Amazon and just buy those books up. Like I said before, as a matter of fact, I'm teaching a couple of courses just did a course last week at a, a local um, organization that was teaching from this book. And I have another uh, local organization wanted me to teach from this book in July. And, you know, just different organizations in different states are actually teaching financial principles to children, youth, and adults from those two books. So please flood Amazon, buy them out. If you want me to do a presentation uh, for your organization, whether it be a church or school or whomever, I can do that for you via Zoom, or we can think about in person. I don't know about that one, but we'll see. Um, so here we go. I'm also an investment advisor representative, so I hold the Series 6, 63, and 7, so I manage portfolios for clients. I'm a licensed insurance agent uh, with over 30 years' experience in the industry and over 25 years as a business owner. Um, I have clients all across the country, from the north to the south, from the east to the west, so uh, state lines don't restrict Burley Insurance and Financial Services from helping clients in the insurance and financial services arenas. I specialize in wealth management, investing, whether it be IRAs, 401k plans, uh, investment portfolios, et cetera, asset protection, so protecting what you've accumulated, as well as asset growth. So growing in a strategic and wise fashion what you have accumulated, so you can uh, you know, make more uh, on, your, on your money in a good fashion. Uh, financial planning, whether it be basic financial planning or comprehensive financial planning, also all different types of insurance. I've been getting a lot of calls for life insurance lately. Uh, we're going to talk about that later on. So life insurance, long-term care, disability, uh, auto, home, all different types of insurance. Also athlete management. So uh, on the NFL side, I'm an NFL PA registered player financial advisor. On the NBA side, I'm an NBPA certified agent. So if you know someone with some good skills, uh, send them my way. I can get them in front of GMs and scouts to get to, you know, try to um, fulfill their dream of playing professional basketball or overseas. I'm also FIBA licensed, so I can get them an opportunity overseas. I have connections overseas also. Uh, on the NFL side, hey, let me know if you guy uh, needs some um, financial planning or some wealth management or what have you to make sure that they don't end up on one of those videos. I forgot the name of it, uh, one of those ESPN videos where, you know, you play sports for a long period of time and now you don't have much to show for it or, you know, haven't maximized your opportunity with that, okay? So uh, the podcast is designed to enlighten you, to empower you, to educate you with clear, objective, unbiased information so you can make some great decisions for yourself, for your family members, for your church members, for your business, for whomever that you're associated with or connected with. So, um, you know, it's all about that, right? So let's jump into today's podcast. I want to get going because we want to knock it out. It's called Life Insurance, Be Wise, Buy Wise. Now, I've, I've done several podcasts on different types of uh, life insurance plans, so I do recommend looking at those. Uh, today, I'm going to try and put kind of put them all together and bring out some good tidbits as to uh, what you want to look at as far as different types of life insurance plans. You want to be wise and buy wise. Uh, so let's say, how much life insurance should I have, right? Who should have life insurance? When should you get life insurance? Uh, what type of life insurance should you get? 
should life insurance be used as an investment or some type of retirement planning? There's so many questions going around surrounding life insurance. Uh, so let's dive into it, okay? Uh, what I want you to do is have the information so no one can get over on you. I've had to rescue so many people. I'll talk about this later in the podcast, uh, either at the beginning stages of getting something they didn't want or didn't need or, or, or uh, they were mis, uh, uh, misdiagnosed or, or given the wrong idea about something or deep into the product. So it depends. So let's, let's dive in. Okay, so who should have life insurance? In my opinion, everyone should have life insurance. Okay, so from childhood to adulthood. Now, most people can understand why an adult should have life insurance, right? Because most adults have responsibilities and obligations. They may have a spouse, they may have children, they have debt or what have you. And they're being financially responsible by having life insurance to, to take care of the various obligations they have in their lives. So most people can kind of get that and understand that. But a lot of people don't understand, well, why life insurance for a child? Well, yeah, to lock in their age and lock in their health. That's why uh, it's a big advantage for children to have life insurance because you're, you're, you know, I hate to put it this way, but it's like a game with life insurance companies, a game, G-A-M-E, because um, the, the more, the, health, the healthier you are, the younger you are, the more willing they are to give you life insurance. But as you get older and you start having health, certain health conditions crop up, they're gonna start picking at you, right? So either the rate's gonna go up or, or I've had people decline just, just recently. So it, it, you know, for one reason or another, the older you get, the more challenging it may get to get life insurance. And I mean, I've had children decline, right? So it's not just, oh, well, you get to be 60, 70, 80 years old and you get decline. No, I've had children decline. I've had teenagers decline. I've had young adults decline. So it's not, not based on age. It's based on your health and your age. Now, the advantage of, life insurance for a child is because normally they don't have any health conditions, right? So they don't go through any medical underwriting for the most part. So you can lock them in with a life insurance policy. The life insurance company is on the hook. They can't get off the risk. They, they are on it, right? Um, and then you also always recommend clients write what's called a guaranteed insurability option or guaranteed insurability rider on that child's policy so they can get more life insurance throughout their lives uh, from their mid-20s through their mid-40s. It's an awesome thing you need to do. I just wrote one for a client last week. As a matter of fact, she has uh, three children. I, I did that for her, for her children. I do it for all children and young adults, as a matter of fact. So uh, like I said, I don't want to get too much into the weeds. I want to get through all of these and not hold you up too long on this podcast, okay? Now, uh, so that's a good reason to get life insurance uh, for, for a child. And of course, as an adult, having responsibility. Now, some people ask about singles. They say, well, I'm single. I don't have any children or what have you. Why do I need life insurance? Well, you want to lock in the protection, just like I said before, the younger you are, the less it costs. So you may get married later on and need life insurance or have children later on and have life insurance. And those of you who don't anticipate that, some people, like it depends on the, on the person's situation, right? So some people, they want to leave a, a legacy or leave a, a blessings to their nieces or their nephews or their godchildren or some other people in their lives that they want to, to you know, make sure that they're going to have a leg up in life, right? So even if you're single and have no children, most people have God children or some, some people in their lives that they want to, to benefit if something unfortunate happens to them. So I've seen that a lot. I mean, that happens quite often with singles. They'll, they'll get something for that reason. And also, if they have real estate or property that they own, they want to pass that on to others. You don't want to pass that on to others and not pass it along with some money, right? Because it, 
It costs money to own real estate. And we talked about that in the podcast too, right? It, it costs money to own real estate. So if you're passing along your house or your investment properties or what have you to people, you want to pass it along with some money so they can either pay the mortgage off or comfortably make the mortgage payments. Or if the homes are paid off, that'd be great to, to properly maintain the property, to be able to pay the taxes, the upkeep and what have you uh, of owning real estate. So yeah, that's what a lot of people do if they don't have children and, and spouse and things of that nature. You have other reasons to have life insurance if you're young or older uh, and single, okay? Now, when should you, should you get life insurance? We just talked about that earlier. The sooner, the better. The sooner you get life insurance, your, um, your age is better, right? Because the older you get, the more it's going to cost. And you can't guarantee your health from year to year, much less uh, day to day. I mean, from day to day, much less year to year. So um, you just don't know what's going to happen in three or four or five years or what have you. And you don't want to be beholden to the life insurance company when you're in a compromised situation with your health. You want to get them on the hook early so uh, so you have the best rate because you were younger when you got it and you were in your best health because you don't know what's going to crop up later on, like I keep saying. Okay, there we go. Uh, some ailments will make you ineligible, as a lot of people already know. Okay, now let's see. How much life insurance should you get? That's another point I want to tackle. Uh, I think I addressed this in a previous podcast also, but I use an acronym, L-I-F-E, so LIFE. The L in life stands for liability. So the debts that you've accumulated, your you know, mortgage, your car note, uh, credit cards, student loans, personal loans, whatever debts that you owe, liabilities, that should be in your uh, life insurance portfolio. So add those up, put those under L for liabilities. Those are your debts, right? The I stands for income replacement. So if you're not around, your income isn't around. So how many years do, do you want your income to uh, benefit someone if you're not around? Uh, the F stands for final expenses. So basically final expenses, we know what that is, right? To put you in the ground for the most part and have a service. And the E in life stands for education. So education for your children. And some people put something in there for their godchildren that, like I said, their nieces, nephews, or what have you, because they want to, to, to benefit them. They want them to get a leg up. You don't want to have a situation where uh, these individuals that you love and care about uh, don't have the opportunities that you want them to have because they can't afford to go to school. So you put some money in there for that, right? So that's the acronym I use uh, to say how much a person should have. And then you go from that based on your budget. Tailor it to the amount of coverage that you, you desire, that you want, and also that you can afford. Not some generic multiple of your income, right? I think I've talked about that before too. Uh, what type of life insurance should you get? So we're gonna go over the various types of life insurance now, right? So. Um, let's see. No, I have two more, two more questions. Like, should you get, well, no, no, let's do this. Let's do this. I don't want to go out of order. So what type of life insurance should you get? Now I'm not going to debate these different types. I'm just going to go over them really quick because I've done podcasts on different types of life insurance. So let's knock these out really quick. So term, term is one type of very popular type of life insurance. Most people are very familiar with it. It costs the least in the short term, right? So with term coverage, you know, it's temporary life insurance is not, it's not for life, it's not indefinite, it's temporary, right? So eventually you're not gonna have any life insurance if all you have is term. And really after that term, whatever, whether it's a 10 year term or 20 year term or 30 year term, when it says term, that means your rate is locked in for that term. So it's just, if it's 50 bucks a month or hundred bucks a month, your, your premium is going to be that for that term, for that period of time locked in. But after that term, it's going to go through the roof and eventually it's going to become unaffordable. 
So don't think about, oh, I have a term policy to age 85 or term to age 95, because it's not going to matter. You're not going to be able to afford it that long. And I've talked about that before. So say you get a policy, you're 40 years old, you get a 30 year term policy at age 70, uh, like 71, <clears throat> the policy is going to go through the roof. You're probably not going to be able to afford it at that age, but it goes up every year thereafter. So it gets more and more cost prohibitive. So you're not going to make it to age 85 or 80 to age 95 paying for that policy. Don't believe the hype. Okay. So I'm just, I'm giving you the, the scoop on it. Right. So it's for the short term, you will eventually have no life insurance. So if you're cool with that, Hey, go for it. But I, I don't recommend it. Right. You want to have some permanent coverage, something that's going to be in effect uh, for the long haul. So that's why it's very inexpensive because eventually it is going to terminate and, uh, and become unaffordable uh, at some point. Okay. Whole life insurance. Uh, that's another type of life insurance. It costs a, a bit more, right? Uh, but the policy stays in force for life. The premium won't change, right? That the benefit's not going to change. It's going to stay the same. So it's very a very consistent policy. You won't be left without coverage. Uh, it has a built-in cash value feature also that you can use uh, down the line. Uh, they have a limited pay factor. So some people pay just for a limited period of time, like just pay for 10 years or pay for 20 years and the policy's paid off, or you could pay it up to age 100. That will reduce the premium if you pay it for an extended period of time. You'll pay more uh, over that period of time than you would if you just paid it for like a short period of time, but it will be a smaller premium that can maybe better fit your budget, depending on people's budget. So people who have it in their budget to pay it like just for a 10 year period of time, that's what they do to get it knocked out, right? So that's that's a, a, a different type of life insurance policy, whole life insurance. Then you have ULs and IULs. UL stands for universal life. IUL stands for index universal life. Don't do it. I've done podcasts on these. Please check out my podcast. One is titled um, Universal Life, Don't Do It. The other one is titled Six Steps to Read a Life Insurance Illustration. So when you uh, listen to those podcasts uh, and take in the information I'm, I'm giving you there, you'll understand why you want to shy away from universal life policy. Now, I'm going to get a lot of kickback on this from life insurance agents because there are a lot of life insurance agents out there peddling index universal life in particular and universal life policies and and those things, I mean, they can be tweaked to act right, but I haven't seen one yet, right? They're normally, they normally leave people without coverage later on in life because they're guaranteed to a certain year and people don't look at that, right? So that's why I highly advocate you look at that podcast titled Six Steps to Reading a Life Insurance Illustration. So I've had to rescue so many people from these plans. Some people thought they were guaranteed for life and they were not. Some people, they had, thought they had a whole life policy and it was not, it's the index universal life policy. Some people uh, thought this or that about the policy and it was none of that stuff, right? So you gotta be really careful with the universal life policies and the index universal life policies. Now guaranteed universal life policies and guaranteed index universal life policies. I am an advocate of those. I'll talk about that in just a few seconds, but be very careful uh, with universal life and index universal life just a plain policy without the guarantees in there, okay? Now, they do have a guarantee side. I'm, I can't get into too many details. Just listen to that podcast. There is a guarantee side that will show you how long that policy will last, right? Um, so please look at that podcast, okay? Now, next, and here's another trick. If you see flexible or adjustable anywhere in the description of that policy, more than likely it is a, a universal life 
uh, type policy, a universal like product. So if you see flexible or adjustable, that's normally the verbiage, flexible premium or adjustable premium, that's normally used uh, with the universal like product. So if you see that, kind of beware, okay? Now a GUL or GIUL, guaranteed universal life, guaranteed index universal life. Now those I do advocate, but you have to be, I won't say leery, but you just have to make sure that they are illustrated and written properly also, because they can be guaranteed to age 70. You want the guarantee to be all the way to age, I, I normally guarantee them to age 120 or, or you know 110 or 120, because really the younger you are, it costs the same whether you're guaranteed to age 120 or 100. Now, when you start getting older, it does cost a little bit more, but it's worth it. I mean, just it's not that big of a difference to guarantee it to age from 120 to 110, at least age 100, right? You don't want to get to age 100 and have no coverage. But you know, I, I like age 110 as a as a as a minimum to uh, guarantee a policy to say it's guaranteed for life. So, but you have to watch watch out and make sure that it is guaranteed. I've only seen, I've maybe seen like one policy that was actually guaranteed for life. They, the person had it illustrated that way and they, they had the policy, but most of the ones I see, they conk out at some time, conk out at age 70, 72, 75, 80, it conks out, but the person doesn't know that because they were sold the policy and no one ever explained that to them. Uh, but I have seen like one or two illustrated properly and written properly to where the person does have uh, coverage in these plans, guaranteed universal life plans or guaranteed independent guaranteed index universal life plans guaranteed for life. So just be very, very cautious about that, okay? Please, please, please check out my podcast on six steps to read a life insurance illustration. They have a cash value to these index universal life policies. And I mean, these guaranteed index universal life policies. They have a cash value, but normally it's not that great because it's more focused on extending the life of the policy, extending the coverage for life as opposed to cash value. The index universal life policy that is peddled out there, the index one without the G in front, without the guarantee, that's the one that people you know, say they want you to build all this cash value, but that's all hypotheticals. It's not guaranteed stuff, it's hypotheticals. We don't uh, put our future on hypotheticals, okay? Now, a VUL, variable universal life. If you see variable on something, that means it's attached to the stock market, variable, annuity, variable universal life, variable life, it's attached to the stock market. So those have management fees involved. Uh, and I'm not a proponent of variable universal life policies. I'm not, it's just, you know, I'm just not. Because <laughs> they usually don't perform as well as whole life policies as far as the guaranteed cash value is concerned. Um, and you, you have this plan that you're looking for cash value if you're looking for cash value, I, you know, I'm like, okay, the whole life policy is giving you that guaranteed cash value. It's pretty decent amount over time, and, but the VUL, variable universal life policy, uh, it has great potential, right? You know, hey, those hypothetical sides look really good, but like I said, my experience and my experience that that hypothetical side has not come to pass when you start taking out the management fees and you look at the performance. Uh, over time. Now, past performance is no indication of future performance, but just in my experience, uh, it, it's not a better plan than a, you know, just a good whole life policy. So there you go. Now, should life insurance be used as an investment or for retirement planning? So I'm going to say a no and maybe. No as an investment. I don't recommend you use life insurance as an investment strategy or an investment plan. It, it, number one, part of the premium uh, is going towards the life insurance benefit. That's what it's for, right? A large part of your premium is going towards 
paying for the death benefit because it's life insurance, right? It's not an investment, it's life insurance. Um, and, and a part of it is going, a smaller part of it is going towards the investment part. And you can't overfund these plans and put more money in it. So more of it goes towards the investment part, but then you may turn it into a MEC. You may MEC it up. I think I talked about that in the previous podcast. MEC stands for Modified Endowment Contract. And when you do that, you take away some of the tax advantages of the plan. So that's one reason why, okay? A large part of the money you're paying towards an investment type life insurance policy is going towards life insurance because that's what it is, a life insurance policy. It has an investment feature on the side, okay? The second thing is another part of the premium goes towards management fees, right? If it's an investment product, you got management fees in there. So you're paying for that, the investment portion of the policy. And the third, lastly, lastly but not leastly, from my experience, these plans don't provide a better guaranteed cash value than whole life, right? The hypotheticals are great, right? The potential is great. So if you're a very, um, let's say, uh, risk-oriented person, you like a risk, you like challenges, you like huge potential, um, yeah, maybe the maybe it is a decent way for you to go. Maybe there is an option for you. Maybe it is viable for you, but mm, I'm not a big fan of it, right? So for the person who needs life insurance, who wants a cash value, you're a big risk taker, then it, it may be the route to go for you for uh, an investment type strategy and a life insurance policy. Maybe. I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a big fan of it at all, okay? I'm going to get some kickback on that too, I'm sure, because there are a lot of people out there who love to push VULs, variable universal life, and using uh, life insurance as an investment platform, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not big on that. I don't think so, and I've just expressed the reasons why. All right, now, as far as supplementing your retirement funds, I think a maybe on that. Uh, cash, value life, cash value life insurance can definitely supplement your funds during your retirement years and possibly even tax-free if you play it right. Um, but it should not be a focal point. I've spoken about this before. <laughs> this is not for the vast majority of people. I, I don't recommend the vast majority of people dump like extra money, all this money into life insurance saying, hey, this is gonna be my supplemental retirement plan or what have you. But some people do have the means to do that. And I mentioned that during my podcast on infinite banking and received quite a response on that. Some people agree with me wholeheartedly that infinite banking is not what most people should be doing. But then I had some people that were like tooth and nail defending infinite banking saying, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. And you put this money in and blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, facts are facts though, okay? Don't sacrifice other areas of investing and financial planning to fund a cash value life insurance policy because someone convinced you that you can become your own bank. Please don't do it. Just use your common sense and uh, be diligent about it. Just look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. If you're doing a hundred bucks a month, that's $1,200 a year. Now, a good amount of that is going to, well, I've been just paying for life insurance. So you're not going to be your own bank after with $1,200 or even five times that after five years, $6,000. And you're not going to get the whole 6,000. You may get close to that, right? Um, you're not going to be your own bank. So it's not for everybody. I've had people that, that I've done this for now. So I'm not, not totally dissing the concept. I'm just saying it's not for most people. I've had people that are dumping substantial amounts of cash into platforms I've set up for them and they will have some nice cash values down the line and they're exercising this you know, kind of infinite banking, but they have the money to do that. They have everything else taken care of. They have their insurance plans, financial planning, retirement plans, and they have a, a bucket of cash. <laughs> 
<laughs> that they can exercise uh, for that outside their emergency savings, right? So um, it is for some people, but not for most, okay? Use your common sense, look at the numbers, speak with someone who is a fiduciary. A fiduciary is a person who has to put your, your best interest ahead of their own. So look out for a fiduciary that has licenses, has credentials, has experience in the financial arena, not just the life insurance arena, right? Don't just talk to a person who writes life insurance only. Now you can speak to that person and get, get their take on it, get their spin on it, get some information from them. Okay, that's fine. But speak to a person in the financial arena who is objective and who has uh, who is familiar with other investment strategies, other uh, areas to take care of your financial needs, and they're not just pitted on life insurance. Objective, fiduciary, experience, licenses, credentials, okay? Just look out for that. Not someone who just has, is pushing talking points and they won't address the obvious problems with the infinite banking concept because there are very obvious problems, but some people just gloss over. They're just gonna go ahead strong into it. Don't talk to a person like that and don't follow that person's lead. Why would you do that? You just look at it objectively and speak to someone who is, um, knowledgeable, experienced, licensed, and credentialed in the financial arena, not just life insurance arena, the financial arena, uh, and someone who is a fiduciary has to look out for your best interest over their own, okay? Like I said, it can work for some people, but not for most. It's not a good option for most people to, to do this cash value, dumping all this money into life insurance. Uh, for some people, it is. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it for some people, but that's the vast minority of the population. It's not your typical uh, Joe Blow or Mary Blow or whomever. Okay. And that's it. This is a long podcast. It went on longer than I wanted to, but uh, I wanted to make sure I addressed all those different areas. Hopefully you got some clarity on some of those different things. You can rewind it, play it back. Um, but I think those are like some of the key things you want to know about those different types of plans. Okay. So uh, uh, the recap is I want you to be wise and buy wise. I want you to, I've had to rescue people. Some people I rescued before they got into these bad deals, right? And, and they were like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad <laughs> uh, but, you know, I talked to you ahead of time or someone referred me to you or I saw your podcast or you know what have you. And they call and we just talked about it because I give objective information and then I'm done. I'm out, okay? I'm, I'm not trying to push you one way or the other. I want you to have the information, objective, clear, factual information so you can make the right decision. So the recap is to be wise, so you can buy wise. Rescuing people uh, while they're into the product is not a great thing. You know, you already dumped money in. Now you think you had something that you don't have and now you have to reboot. No, hopefully I can catch you ahead of time before you get yourself into that situation. I've had to rescue some people right after they got into the situation. So it wasn't that bad a deal. Then I've had people that they're 10, 15 years in and now they realize they got this universal life that's about to conk out on them. And now they have to try and reboot I, ideally, I would not want you to get into that situation, okay? All right, takeaways, same thing. Be wise, uh, buy wise. <laughs> same thing. I just want you to, I want you to uh, review this information. And if you have questions, reach out to me. Email me, ernest at ernestburleyjr.com. That's my contact, E-R-N-E-S-T at E-R-N-E-S-T-B-U-R-L-E-Y-J-R.com. Uh, or call me, 301-262-2600. That's the number to my firm. I'm more than happy to I just give you the information. I'm not going to be trying to push you or sell you or whatever. I'm more, I'm more than happy to take care of you, but I want you to have the clear objective information so you can make the right decision. So, hey, I thank you guys for listening. I know this was a long one, but hopefully it was worth it. 
Uh, please forward this podcast to others and ask them to do the same. Forward it to your friends, your family members, your church members, your co-workers, your uh, fellow business owners, all of your associates and acquaintances, and ask them to do the same so we can just get these podcasts to go viral. Uh, I ask that you uh, log on to my uh, YouTube channel, so all of my podcasts are on YouTube. Uh, and subscribe. So I ask that you subscribe and ask your friends, your family members, your church members, your business, co-business owners, all of your co-workers co and cohorts to subscribe. Say, hey, go to this guy, Ernest Burley's podcast, subscribe. I mean, uh, his YouTube channel, so subscribe. And then, you know, kind of go through there because I talk about a wide array of things. Things I'll talk about real estate. I'll talk about uh, uh, owning real estate, uh, whether you should buy, pay a mortgage off early or not, whether you should rent a car versus buying a vehicle, whether you should rent instead of buying a home, right? Increasing your credit score, beneficiaries versus wills and trusts, um, all different types of topics, insurance or what have you. So please go uh, to the YouTube channel. In my name, Ernest Burley Jr., subscribe and click through there and you'll see some podcasts. You'll see some one minute snippets too uh, that are just quick hit information, right? So there you go. I think that is it. Uh, you can connect with me. I do have to go over a disclaimer since I talked about some investment type products and told you about my um, about my certifications and designations as an investment advisor representative and certified financial planner, et cetera. So here we go. Burley Insurance and Financial Services, Inc., 13621 Annapolis Road, Bowie, Maryland, 20720. That's where my firm is located in Bowie, Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., member FINRA and CIFIC. Burley Insurance and Financial Services, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Ernest Burley Jr., myself, <laughs> and Burley Insurance and Financial Services Incorporated, and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group, Inc. does not provide tax advice. So that's my disclaimer. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you got some good information there. And I hope that you, uh, you know, share it with others and ask them to do the same and ask those uh, individuals in your circle to uh, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, and, uh, you know, try and click around in there and, and see if there's some information there that can help them out.